0: what is good everyone welcome back to kgw's three on three blazers the streak is on but does that mean the tank is dead what is going on with the portland Trail Blazers? and has anthony simons arrived all that and so much more let's start the show we are back downtown portland the kgw studios my name is orlando joined as always by jared cowley what is up with the portland trailblazers <laughs> it's been a week and they are four and oh jared what have you thought about the way this team has played over the past four games man
1: well i've struggled with um you know i i i i want i wanted i think i still want but i I definitely wanted the Blazers to tank. I wanted them to lose as many games as they could to maximize their chance at a top pick to get a franchise-level talent, you know, at the top of the draft. I I was really looking forward to that. But now these new guys and Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic, they're just turning that plan on its head. And so I'm trying to—I decided last night while I was watching the game because— Last night's win against Memphis, I think, was the most fun I've had watching a Blazers Mm. game in a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I just need to live in the moment. If the Blazers are going to win, I'm going to enjoy, you know, these new guys. I'm going to enjoy the emergence of Anthony Simons. Um, That's just what it's going to be, you know. And if they turn around and start losing again, then I'll just flip the switch and I'll be excited about the tank again. But I've just decided I have to live in the moment because... If the Blazers are going to be this fun, up-tempo, defense, you know, moving the ball kind of team, and they're going to be fun to watch, and they're going to win more often than not, (laughs) then I just can't be mad every time the Blazers win. That's no fun. So (laughs) I'm just going to live in the moment. I'm good.
0: Soak it all up, Jared. That's right. I mean, that win against Memphis, we've got to start there. Uh, It's still top of mind, still fresh uh, at the time of, of this recording of the podcast, and Just a terrific performance all around from this team. A very entertaining game. Um, It's really matched what we've seen over the past week in terms of just fun. They're getting up and down. The pace has changed. They're playing defense. They're sharing the ball. Just a lot of good things that you want to see out of a team or out of a game that you plan to invest two and a half hours in watching on TV, and they delivered. Yusuf Nurkic was terrific. 32 points, 14 of them coming in the fourth quarter. The man took over at times and was so clutch. And speaking of clutch, it was like Damian Lillard 2.0 out there. Ice cold, Anthony Simons with the (laughs) sidestep drains the three like nothing. Built for those moments the game-selling three from Anthony Simons to lift the Trailblazers over the Memphis Grizzlies, who, by the way, sport the third-best record in the entire NBA, playing with Ja Morant, who you and I have just loved his game.
1: Love, 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 Ja. We were talking about it before mm. the podcast about Ja and how. I mean, he he got, what, 23, 25 free throws, <laughs> something crazy like that last right? Night. And at, there wasn't a single point in the game, and maybe other Blazers fans felt differently, but there wasn't a point in the game where I was annoyed by that. You know, there, you know, you had James Harden who used to, you know, I feel, dupe the the officials into the, to calling fouls, and it would always frustrate me watching, you know, James Harden because I, I I didn't think it was honest and legitimate in the way he was drawing these fouls. But with Jaw, it's just he is that good. He's seeking out contact. He's taking it to the rim, and it's just. He he's incredible. Totally. So, I mean, that's why that game was so fun last night. Is he had Jaw at the top of his game. You had Desmond Bain playing great basketball. Mm-hmm. You had you know Ant and Nurk and and Hart. I mean, it was just back and forth. The the Grizzlies took the lead three or four times in the fourth quarter, and the Blazers never buckled. They'd come back and tie it and take the lead. And um, what a fun game! And I, yeah, I haven't had that much fun watching a basketball game, a Blazers game, in a while.
0: Impressive performance from start to finish. You know, they took over this game, had a double-digit lead for most of the night, and then got punched in the gut and still found a way to win that game. I thought, cool, great performance from the team, solid three quarters. They put up a fight. Memphis, just a better team, had the better player on the court. Kudos to them. It was great. I would have been satisfied with a loss there just because you saw so many great things. But the fact that they showed that much resolve and were able to fight through adversity there, it was really impressive for this team. And that's probably why it's one of the better wins that we've seen all year from the Trailblazers. Then you add in just the entertainment factor in an, in an exciting game like that, um, really had it all. So I think, as you mentioned, Jared, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right to enjoy a win right now. I don't think the panic meter in terms of the tank should be high right now. Yes, you. Prob- it would be ideal if they didn't have a four-game win streak going right now. Um, but really, my big takeaway from all of this, Jared, was that we see the vision. A week ago, we heard Joe Cronin tell us in his press conference that he wanted to see a different style of basketball, that the last roster didn't fit the type of basketball that him and Chauncey Billups envisioned for this team. And what we've seen over the past week is that vision. We've seen proof way faster than I think most of us would admit we'd see it. And that in itself is exciting because of the brand of basketball that they are playing right now that we mentioned at just a a faster pace. It's more team-oriented. A lot less ISO ball. Um, Everyone's getting touches. They're getting out and running. Role players are contributing. Um, it's it's it fits, and um, I didn't anticipate that we'd get a glimpse of that so soon. And credit to Chauncey Billups and to Joe Cronin to have a plan in place and say, "Look, this is what it'll look like." Now, think if we can add another piece, or right. what happens when Damian Lillard comes back, and we see this all come together. I think it's really exciting, and you at least have some evidence. Of what what the direction that they're headed in?
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes it intriguing is that it is an incomplete version of that vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely have some pieces that are mainstays. I mean, I think that Hart, even in just four games, Josh Hart has established himself as someone who's going to stick around in Portland. Right. Um, Justice Winslow, at least as a reserve, you know, he he's he's carving himself out a, a spot on the team for next season and then obviously Anthony Simons and, and now Yusuf Nurkic. You're seeing like those four players are giving you a glimpse at what the vision for a Chauncey Billups offense and defense can be. Right. And it's incomplete. Dame's not here. You know, the Blazers are going to add more pieces in the offseason, you know, whatever way they do it. And so it's exciting to think about if this team's more talented, if you're replacing some of these, you know, players who are playing right now who probably on a winning team, on a playoff team, probably would be on the end of the bench if you're replacing those with with good role players or stars. Mhm. You know, what's the ceiling for this team? How exciting can they be? And so that's that's what makes it that's what makes it fun.
0: So, you know, we had this idea a week ago. Plan was to tank, right? Yep. I mean, the Blazers didn't outright say it, but basically said our focus is on next season, not this season, next right. season. It was obvious. That's that's, that's the plan, right? Well, <laughs> Now they're they're creeping, you know they they've won four straight now, and you know they're they're about to hit the 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 all after the all star break with some tough games, but then that schedule really lightens up, and they have the potential to win a lot of games at the end of the schedule here with you know twenty three games remaining. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, the remaining (laughs) schedule is road heavy. Fourteen of their final twenty three games are on the road, but. You know, I just looked it up on Tankathon today. <laughs> they have the second easiest remaining schedule the rest of the way. I mean, that's that's Uh-oh. not that's not good news Uh-oh. for the tank crowd of of whom I was I was definitely on that bandwagon, and I'm still not completely off of it because I still think the best case scenario is lose enough games to put yourself in a real position where you can luck into like a top three pick in this year's draft. But I I think that like even if the Blazers are just too good to tank. And right now with the emergence of Anthony Simons, I, I think they are. You think the plan's dead? I think Anthony Simons is just that good mm-hmm. that it's going to be really difficult for them to, especially considering what their schedule is the rest of the way, mean, I, I think that I just don't see how they're all of a sudden going to start losing games enough to – it's not completely out of – all right, let's talk about best case scenario, and then we'll talk about what if the tank doesn't work. All right. So the best case scenario, like, like we talked about, I mean, it's obviously that the Blazers lose enough to where they finish with, like, let's say the sixth worst record in the NBA and give themselves a chance to move up into the top three or top four, you know, with, with, with good luck with the, the lottery. So that's still in play. If they start losing games after the All-Star break, that's not out of the question that something like that could happen. Right now, they're in 10th. Mm-hmm. They're in line for the last playing spot. But even with these four wins they've had, they're not that far back. They're tied with the Knicks. They're a game and a half ahead of the Pelicans. They're two ahead of San Antonio and three and a half ahead of the Kings. And I think that you look, if you look at the Pelicans and the Spurs and the Kings, I think all three of those teams are still trying to win because all three of those teams want the playing spot. So I think if Portland started losing again, it's not out of the question that it could end up with the sixth worst record in the league. And if something like that happened, they have a 37% chance of landing a top four pick. The odds for teams you know, outside of the top, you know, the worst three or four records haven't, have not improved. They made that change a couple of years ago. So if that happened, they, they somehow just started losing games a lot and got to that point where they lucked into a top four pick. And then New Orleans, I don't think New Orleans is bad enough to lose so many games that if you remember at the, the Pelicans lottery pick, if it's top four, they keep it. Mm-hmm. If it's five to 14, the Blazers keep it. Yep. I don't think that they're bad enough to lose enough games to get to a point where they end up with a top four pick. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think that's the most realistic scenario. I also don't think they're good enough to get into the play-in and win two games and make the playoffs. So I think the most realistic scenario is that the Pelicans pick comes to the Blazers and it's a lottery pick. So best case scenario, Blazers luck into a top three pick. They get the lottery pick from the Pelicans. They have all this flexibility, cap space, you know, uh, trade exceptions if they want to go that route to really build that roster in the offseason. That's the best case scenario. And it's not out of the realm of possibility if the Blazers start losing games again. But I don't think they're going to start losing games again. <laughs> so then you get to a more realistic scenario, I think, where the Blazers make the play-in. I mean, I think if you look at the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, you can make the argument that the Blazers already with a lead over those teams are going to hold that lead and make the play-in. And if they make the play-in, maybe they make the playoffs. If that happens, they lose their pick. They don't get any chance at a top pick in this year's draft But the reason it's not like a nightmare scenario is because that pick then conveys to the Bulls. But that then frees up the Blazers' future picks because they don't have all those protections going out through 2027 that make it difficult, impossible almost, for them to trade any of their picks going forward. So then they have the ability to trade their picks going forward. They most likely get the Pelicans pick, which would be a lottery pick. So you're still going into the same situation where it's not as good as if you had a top three pick, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you still have your picks going forward that you can trade. You still have the a lottery pick from the Pelicans. You still have this cap space. You still have trade exceptions if you want to go that direction. You know, you still have all this flexibility. That's why I believe in what Cronin did. Because I think he gave them enough different scenarios, whether it's using cap space or whether it's, you know, using trade exceptions, that they have so many options available to them. So you'd be a little bit more asset poor in that situation because you'd be, you know, able to offer your future picks instead of having like a top three or top five pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think most of your flexible options are still available to you. And if the Blazers keep winning, then I think that that establishes that you have a future star and ant you have, you know, either a starter at small forward in, in Josh Hart or, you know, a legitimate, really good six man you've got a good backup four in justice winslow you have you know yusuf nurkic who is a good center you know you have pieces going forward and then you have the flexibility to make a big splash in the trade market to dabble in free agency for more role players to you know if you want to build a young and talented team around a veteran like damian lillard you can do that i think that you still have a lot of flexibility a lot of options to build that roster around damian lillard even if the blazers are too good to tank so what's your hope Oh, my hope is still that they lose. Mm -hmm. Because this season, I I don't want Damian Lillard to come back this season. Mm -hmm. I want him to take the time he needs to get completely right and come back strong at the start of next season. You know, I still want to see development from from Ant. I want to see more of what we're seeing from Hart and Winslow. I want to see Nurk continue. I mean, this is the best Yusuf Nurkic has played since the injury, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I want to see all of that continue to happen. If they can do that and, you know, like we were talking about when the Grizzlies punched back last night and took the lead in the fourth quarter and we both thought, all right, that was a nice fun game but now the Grizzlies are, you know, they're more talented so they're going to, you know, take control down the stretch. The Blazers could have a lot more games like that where they play hard, they show a lot, you see a lot of development but then they end up losing and they get to that point where they have, the sixth worst record in the league at the end of the season, and they luck into a top lottery pick, that's still the best thing. That's still what I hope to see happen. Mm-hmm. And if that's what starts happening again and they start losing, I'll flip the switch. But I'm not going to you know, lose my mind or get mad or get upset if they're winning. Yeah. Because if they're winning, that's also a positive thing for the future. Because they're not going to be winning unless you're seeing Ant play the way he's playing right now. Unless you're seeing Josh Hart play better than he's ever played in his career, which is what he's doing right now. And so I think in that scenario, you still have positive building blocks. You still have positive things to build on. And you have all that flexibility that Joe Cronin created that I really believe is, is the right way to go forward to build this team.
0: Yeah. I'm not at the level of concern or, or being upset if they do win some games, but if they happen to come back from the all-star break and reel off a few more, I do think that there's a strong chance that the tank plan is dead. Yeah. You know, I mean.
1: And that maybe Dame
0: comes <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's And you find yourself in a situation that they were in back in, you know, 2016 when Nurk when got here, you know, and there was the, the Nurk fever. Right. And they reeled off a bunch of games and found themselves in the playoffs. You know, um, we may see something like that if, they come back from the all-star break, and, you know, I'm looking at when they get back, the, the schedule is pretty tough. Right. I mean, they get the Warriors, Nuggets, Suns, back-to-back with Minnesota, and then the Jazz. Like, that's a pretty tough schedule. And say they take three. Say they, t- they take three out of six there. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, it- it'll be time to reassess for sure because after that, that schedule is garbage. I mean, they have the potential to really win out with with a lot of those games. Um, there's not a lot of uh, teams with winning records uh, remaining. Read
1: through, read through the, the games remaining after that. Because it is a tough stretch, and then it gets easy.
0: So after the Jazz game on March 9th, um, they host Washington. Then they're at the Hawks, Knicks, Nets, Pacers. Pistons, Spurs, Rockets, Rockets, Thunder, New Orleans, Spurs, Spurs, Thunder, New Orleans, Dallas, Utah. That's their. Yeah, that's their schedule.
1: I mean, the other thing is, if if they do start losing again, and you know things just right now, they're playing out of their mind. So they they could come back to earth. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Is a lot of those games are against teams that they're going to com- be competing with for you know, one of those lottery positions. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I mean, the one thing, you know, you could see them winning all those games and just winning out. and But you could also see them losing advantageous games. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you don't want to see the Pelicans lose too many because you don't want them to get to a point where they <laughs> have <laughs> a real shot at a top-four pick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of those games that they're playing down the stretch are against teams that – that it would be advantageous for them to lose those games if they want to uh, put themselves in a position to get as high a a draft pick as possible. Right. They're
0: in similar spots in the standings. Right. (laughs) So those are some key games that, you know, I don't think we would have really cared about um, generally speaking, but now you're like, Oh, that new Orleans game. Oh, San Antonio. I mean, these are all teams that are right there in the standings um, that could determine, you know, at least, your better odds for, you know, the lottery and draft position.
1: And it's tie, intriguing. Tiebreakers could come into that. <laughs> it's <laughs> really
0: intriguing, man. Yeah. So, Jared, what's been the difference with the way this team played? I mean, j- the recent success, obviously, you mentioned just how fun they are um, to watch play. But w- what's changed?
1: Well, I think that you're seeing, to me, the biggest difference that I see is, is one, they're playing defense. And two, they're playing so much faster. Mm. You know, they're getting out on the break. And I was looking up some of the stats. And listen, this is a four-game sample size, so I—it is what it is. But this is the four-game stretch that we're talking about. So what's different since the the trade deadline? I mean, in the last four games, they're averaging seventeen point eight points uh, fast break points per game, which is tied for second in the league in that stretch. Mm. And for the season, you know, they rank 18th. So they are running a lot more. And you see that with Josh Hart. You know, he'll get out on the break every chance he gets. You see Justice Winslow, he'll get the rebound and just go. And what you see, you know, you have Chauncey Billups on the sideline, like (laughs) yelling at them to go, go, go. So they are getting out and running a lot more. They're scoring in transition. And so that makes them really fun to watch. You know, a transition team is a fun team. And it's not something we've seen in Portland for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the uh, differences that I think is why so many Blazers fans are, you know, thinking this is so much fun to watch is because the team is getting out in transition defense over the past four games. They rank 10th in the league in defensive rating. And for the season, they rank 29th. So that's a huge difference. I mean, mm-hmm. their defensive rating has improved by more than five points and, I mean, when you put defensive-minded players on the court, whereas the Blazers didn't always have that before. I mean, Josh Hart is a solid defender, Justice Winslow is a very good defensive player. You know, Yusuf Nurkic obviously, we know he's a good player. You have more often than not in the past it seemed like you'd have more bad defensive players on the court at one time with the Blazers than good. And now I think that's that's flipped. Mm-hmm. Where now you have more good defenders out there and they're playing, you know, they play hard every second of the game they they really try on defense you're seeing a lot you know fewer missed rotations fewer missed assignments they seem like they are just better connected um you know they're rebounding the ball better they ranked 7th in rebound percentage over the past 4 games they ranked 8th in assist percentage you know <laughs> they're moving the ball i mean that's not the blazers ranked 23rd this season in assist percentage and that that was a a sizable improvement over what we've seen from this team over the past several years. And now over the past four games, know, the way they move the ball, they rank in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So it's just all this stuff that you're seeing. I mean, they're, they're just fun. Again, they get out and they run, you know, they move the ball, they cut, they dunk, they play defense. They play hard all the time. They're just, they're really fun to watch. And yes, the winning helps that. But I think that because so many Blazers fans right now are, are focused on the tank and not necessarily rooting for wins. Mm-hmm. You're just enjoying what you're seeing from this team out on the court, win or loss, win or lose. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the brand of basketball that they're playing. It's really fun. Chauncey Billups, you know, wanted to defend. Obviously, he yep. uses the word
0: compete all the time. Yeah. As, like, his ideal team and ideal players. He wants guys that compete. Um, but just defensively, it's been a, a breath of fresh air. Jeez. and. I know, you know, we, it's it's important that we we say it's only four games. Yes. Like this is a very very small sample, but it's the fact that you've seen it like it can be done. And seeing also Chauncey um being willing to switch defenses, you know, like to see them in a zone go man to man, see Nurkic uh They were getting cooked on pick and rolls all the time, you know, and it's been refreshing to see this team be able to to defend. Um, And so it it had me. It had me thinking about a lot of the the different guys uh, that we thought we probably wouldn't see. But because of circumstances are now out there and they're balling and their individual circumstances have been interesting to me. Because these are all dudes that are scrapping to stay in the league, that are scrapping for a new contract, that have a lot to play for. And so the idea of tanking, even though that's a front office thing and not a player thing, um, does not compute for these dudes. Right. Which is pretty dope because
1: you couldn't tell if this is a winning team or a losing team this past week. And they probably hear all of that. I mean, I'm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know they heard James Worthy call them a YMCA team. Right. Right. And so they hear that. They hear the – I mean, everybody was saying, obviously the Blazers' plan is to tank. Mm-hmm. And so the Blazers hear that, you know, the players, probably Chauncey Billups as well, and they're like, no. And that, that becomes a motivational thing for them, and that plays into, you know, how hard they play and what we're seeing from them on the court.
0: Like Nurkic game, you know, saying we, we've got something going yeah. here. Uh, you can see – he mentioned how guys are playing unselfish how they're sharing not just the ball, but their roles. Um, they're willing to sacrifice for each other. And to kind of take it to another level, um, Justice Winslow last night, he was on the mic uh, during the team's uh, postgame press conference and was just really cool. And I, I know fans are eating it up right now, but to hear him say, I found a new home, you know, like this is where I want to be. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm home um uh, he's fe- fell in love with portland in such a short period of time and the way that this team is playing the camaraderie around the team like there's a a lot of hope yeah when you hear a guy say that um and i know some fans are are saying yeah you know this is like the perfect you know recruiting pitch for guys that are concerned about coming to portland and what life will be like in portland um but you're seeing them connect on a deeper level and uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. And it's translating to just really fun basketball. Yeah, it really is. All right, man, we got to talk about Anthony Simons. <laughs> what a stud and his development, the way that he's just stepped in and become the dude super young still. <laughs> and you're hearing the the word star, superstar all that stuff being thrown around because of the way he's been able to reel off big games ball has been in his hands he's taken the big shot he's hit the big shot um you know 30 plus points you know consecutively like he's he's doing it on a consistent basis um what's his ceiling man i I
1: mean i i think the ceiling is definitely superstar Mm -hmm. um you know i thought that I thought he was going to come down from his really hot first half of January um, because scouting reports were going to catch up. And, you know, you actually did see that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, From, like, there was a nine-game stretch starting January 3rd. Like, the new year turned over, and Anthony Simons just went off. You know, in those nine games, he averaged 25.7 points, 7.4 assists. He shot... 49% from the field, 43% from three. But then I do think that at that point, maybe scouting reports caught up. Mm -hmm. Because in the next 10 games, you know, he slumped a little bit. His scoring average went down to 19 points a game. His assists went down to 4.8. His shooting percentages went down to 41% from the field and 38% from three but what i and so i kind of thought that that was what was going to happen is that like dame was or not dame Yeah, <laughs> there you go <laughs> shows you what all you, you need think of to know, him. yep is that i thought that that ant you know was playing out of his mind during that that nine game stretch and that scouting reports caught up and now we were kind of seeing more of what ant's going to be you know but then he adjusted to the scouting reports and you've seen what he's done in the past four games mhm points per game. His assists are back up to over six, six 6.3. He's shooting 51% from the field, 47% from three. (laughs) You know, and maybe it could be that maybe Simons is a little bit streaky, but even his worst stretch since January 3rd, those 10 games we talked about, he still averaged 19 points, five assists, and three rebounds while shooting 38% from three. Mm -hmm. And that's still really good. And if you look at the totality of these 22 games, all, you know, these 23 games since since January 3rd, 23 points per ga- 23.6 points per game, 6 assists per game, 46% from the field and 42% from 3. There just aren't very many players in the NBA who are going to average 24 points, 6 assists and shoot 46 42 86. Mm-hmm. But that's what Ant has done over the past 23 games. And so I looked at that stat line Let's go with at least 23.6 points, at least six assists, and shooting at least 46% from the field and 42% from three. How many other players do you think – now, Ant hasn't done that the whole season. Mm-hmm. This is just this stretch we're talking about. But those four, which illustrate scoring, shooting, and playmaking. Mm. How many players in the NBA do you think have done that this season? Four. Four. Yeah, I thought you were going to find it. I thought it was going to be Steph, Durant, something like that. Mm -hmm. Not a single player. Uh, Not a one. How many players do you think did that last season? (laughs) I'm going to say three. Steph, Dame, and Durant Mm. were all close. They didn't get it. But not there. Mm. Not a single player. Now, do you think that Ant could sustain that over a full season? Possibly. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to shoot 46% from the field for a season, Mm -hmm. to shoot 42% from three, you know, the six assists, the 23 points per game. I think all that is realistic. I mean, that's what Ant can do. And so for me, it's that combination of efficiency, which we knew he had, and now playmaking, which until really over the past month and a half, I don't know if we knew he had that. He's just really special. He's star level already. I think he's there. Superstar level, I think he can get there. I think he's on his way all-star potential. I think it's there. It depends on a lot of other factors that all-star thing, you know, team success, there are limited spots, especially at the guard position, Uh, you know, but all-star quality for sure. So I think his ceiling is superstar. I think if you're looking at the Blazers and saying they need, you know, Dame needs another star next to him, needs another superstar. And yes, they're both six, three guards, We talked about that last week. We'll talk about that a lot in the future, I'm sure. But I think Dame already has a star on the team with him and potentially, realistically, a superstar in Ant. Mm -hmm. So then you go out and you get one more star this offseason, who knows what can happen. Mm -hmm. That's what the emergence of Anthony Simons creates for this team. And it's far beyond any expectation I ever had. You know, I was really high on Ant at the start. You know, I bought into all the hype from mm-hmm. he who shall not be named. <laughs> and then I got really down on him because I believed in that hype and he struggled in his second season. But even then, and even when my expectations were at their highest, it was never to this level. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's incredible. You're riding the wave
0: and every year he adds something to the yeah. bag. Yeah. Yeah you know, from the, from the time he got here, we said, okay, you know what, this guy has, you know, nice tools when he was drafted, you know, nice shot, um, super athletic, can jump out of the gym and has just been able to build on it. And I was thinking there are some very obvious things that have improved with him. Um, But there are also just the little things that even go back to this off season where when we saw him for the first time, we're like, oh, this dude bulked up. Like he's put on some some extra pounds of muscle. And so he's just putting together something every time you see him. And now he's not just a terrific spot-up three-point shooter. Like, you're seeing him do it off the bounce more. You're seeing him get to the cup a little more. Um, He finishes. The teardrop is beautiful. Like, he's
1: just got the package that's all coming together. Ball control. Ball control. Just in the past, I don't know, like couple weeks. Right. Like, I still thought, like, that was the one thing that, like, yeah, he still has a hard time taking care of the ball, mm-hmm. especially against aggressive defenders. But he went up against probably the best defensive guard in the NBA mm-hmm. when he played the Bucks and Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday was up on him. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday was in his, you know, in his bag, and it didn't bother Ant at all. Mm-hmm. And so for him to just improve that, you know, weakness in his game in what seemed like a two-week stretch, <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: His his vision, um, and, you know, we talked about the, the tape being out on him, and he's getting teams to blitz him. He's getting the Dame treatment, and he's been able to respond to it. That That's scary yeah. in terms of ceiling and what his potential is. And he continues to get better and better and still has years to go. I mean –
1: He's what? He's still 22. Yeah,
0: it? we haven't even gotten into the next phase of the contract, <laughs> <laughs> know. you know, and so you know the Blazers are gonna have to break the bank a little bit more than maybe was anticipated this soon.
1: And I don't think anybody cares about no. him anymore. No, not at all. Whatever, you're like, whatever he thinks is right. Yeah,
0: pay him <laughs> whatever the market dictates. You make sure that man is happy because you're seeing the future there. And I do like the, you know, Dame has has a a star next to him he's proving that he can do it in, in that short period of time and looking at the at, at his stats even over the like the last eight games you know you saw points wise what he did the last four is 31 31 30 29 yeah right and just crazy efficiency the three ball was falling but then the, the last the the four after that he had 19 in all four of those games yeah, i remember that and the twos are still there for the most part I mean the, the Lakers game was a bad shooting night um, overall. But, uh, the other three shooting wise, he was right there. He was shooting in the forties, you know, 40% range, but it was the three, the three wasn't falling. He took less and I don't know if, you know, as soon as he misses a couple, he shies away from it and, and tries to, you know, either be a facilitator or settle on twos or whatnot. But like in those, those few there, he was three of nine, five of 13, one of six, three of 10. Yeah. Um, whereas in his, his big shooting games, he was 5 of 11, 6 of 12, 7 of 16, 5 of 10. Right. So, you know, the three ball is still the bread and butter for him because he's just such a an elite shooter uh, from distance. But, man, you're just seeing him do it in a variety of ways. And uh, if you're a Trailblazers fan, man, you've got to be so pumped about what the future holds for Anthony Simons. I
1: was listening to him talk. I don't know if it was after a game or, you know, after practice or something, but he was talking about how, and he said that he was, he was talking to the young guys and talk, talking to them about this chance they have and how that chance isn't always there and they should take advantage of that opportunity, the young guys. And I was like, Dude, <laughs> except for like Greg Brown, like they're the same age as you, Aunt. but like he just carries himself with that veteran star quality now. Mm-hmm where he can refer to these guys as the young guys, even though they're the same ages as he is, because of how good he is and how impactful he is. I mean, he's been in the mix for a few years now.
0: And, I mean, when you're following in the footsteps of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who have really been on him and have kind of shown him the blueprint on what it takes to be a really good player, uh, I'm sure in a lot of ways it does make him feel like I'm a vet because he's been with this franchise now for a few years and, you know, is eat, sleeping, breathing basketball out at the practice facility in, in Tualatin here. So,
1: And as far as, like, tenure on the team I mean, right now, like, there aren't too many people who, who have <laughs> been with the Blazers now longer than he has. And he was, you know, even in last
0: night's post-game presser um, on the road, you know, hearing him talk, you know, I was – Switching it up, you know play, playing mind games, those type of things, <laughs> and you know when he was asked about the shot that he hit, the man is just confident, yeah, it was like, yeah I as soon as it left my hands, I knew it was in, um, I was trying to end it right there
1: and that's where that's it you really see him carrying himself that way, mm-hmm. you know when he talks to the media and more more than that on the court. Mm-hmm. Like he is just cool, calm, and collected. He knows that he is one of the best players on the court every time he steps onto the hardwood, and he carries himself that way. And it's it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see a player develop to that level. It's outstanding. Yeah,
0: it's so uh, matter of fact. Yeah, and you can't duplicate that. No, that that comes from grinding and seeing results, and <laughs> clearly it's there, man. So. Let's see what happens after the All-Star break now. 23 games left in the regular season. They're 25-34, 10th uh, place in the Western Conference standings. To tank or not to tank? Seems like tanking is still the way to go, but, man, are they making it difficult to to, to root against them because, man, that's it's been entertaining
1: basketball. And if you're too good to tank, you know, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing, you know, because they still – they're showing a lot right now, and they still have a lot of avenues to build up around all the good that we're seeing with this team right now. So it's good stuff.
0: You know, it was a, a fun way to, to head into the All-Star break, an unexpected way. And I think a lot of times that's what most of this is based on, is what are your expectations? I don't think most people saw them going 4-0 and to this point. So it's been a pleasant surprise, I think, for, for many um, but, yeah, it's all it's all about expectations and how you view that. Right. Uh, right. We've done that so much, whether it's prediction-wise, beginning of the year, end of the year. It was, what do you see out of this team? And if you expect them to be a lottery team, um, seeing them beat good teams is probably a pleasant surprise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or a disappointment.
0: <laughs> or a disappointment because
1: you're thinking, man, this team can't even tank right. It's so backwards uh, I, with this team. I totally understand feeling like that because I really was – it wasn't until last night's game that I, I just decided, listen, I I can't be mad when they win if they're going to be playing this hard, if Ant's going to be this good, because, you know, that and then they're this fun. I just need to live in the moment. And the thing is, like, you shouldn't really have any expectations for the season. Um, and that allows you to flip a switch, and and that allows this season to be really fun. Mm-hmm. If they win, it's fun. If they lose, it's fun. <laughs> you know, and... And so that I mean this it's it's exciting because there aren't any expectations right now. You're seeing great things from from these guys but they have all this flexibility in the off season to build on it mm-hmm. and to continue building on it where they haven't had that flexibility for years. And so I think it's that the po- the possibilities Are endless and so that makes it interesting to see what's going to happen next and maybe they fall on their face maybe it doesn't work out but the fact that they have the ability to succeed or fail in building this roster is fun and they're not trapped anymore they're not stuck anymore like they were that's why i like it
0: there we go my man He is Jared Cowley. My name is Orlando Sanchez. You have been rocking with the KGW 3 on 3 Blazers podcast. Thank you so much for supporting it. We will see you on the next one. Take care, everyone.